This is The Longest Shortest Time from WNYC. I'm Hillary Frank. Our last episode was about a single woman becoming a mom in the most intentional way possible. Today, we're switching gears to talk about accidental parenthood. I missed a period and I was on birth control at the time, um, the birth control pill. This is Ellen Ketchkamethi. She's been on the show before talking about how she got pregnant her senior year in college. And it was very unplanned. So yeah, it was, I don't know, it was crazy. It was totally insane. (laughs) I actually did a whole series on Ellen's family. It's called I've Got News. I love talking to the Ketchkamethis. They're just so honest and funny. And if you want to hear the rest of their story, check out the I've Got News series. We've got it posted at our website, longestshortesttime.com. It's in the post for this episode, episode 67. But just to catch you up, Ellen was 21. She was in college. She got pregnant by accident, dropped out of school, moved home with her parents. And then, just before the baby was born, she moved in with her boyfriend, Tim, the baby's father. I think that we both get enjoyment out of, like, being awesome at, like, being adult. (laughs) Like, we... It's like a game for us. Yeah, it's like it's like a game. This is why I say we're not I don't quite feel like a grown up yet. But like we looked at our budget for last month and Tim texted me today and said we were sixty dollars under budget last month. And I was like, Yes! Win! So that was Ellen and her boyfriend just before their baby was born. Now another big character in this series is Tom, Ellen's dad. Tom, if you'll remember, was in the Navy in his early twenties. He was at sea on his first big deployment. He made his first call home and found out he'd accidentally knocked up his wife before leaving. That baby was, of course, Ellen. Are you following me here? That, that was Ellen, who grew up to have an accidental pregnancy of her own, also in her early 20s, which made Tom a 47-year-old grandpa. My exterior self was saying... We love you, and there's no question about whether or not we're going to show up for this. And my inside voice was just basically saying, fuck this, you know? Just, uh, you know, screw this. I'm I'm so not ready for this yet. I haven't even dealt with being an empty nester yet. I haven't even dealt with, I'm not even over you. How am I supposed to invest in this kid, you know? It's been two years since I've done a new episode about this family, the Ketchkamethis. But you've been asking for one, and you've especially said that you've wanted to hear from Ellen. Well, Ellen wrote to me recently, and what she said in her email made me think, now's the time. Now is the time to hear from Ellen again. Stay with us. Hey there. Hi, Ellen. Hello, Hillary. It's nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. It has been. How old is Fiona now? Fiona is now two years old and four or five months. What's she up to now? She is being contrary. That's what she's up to. Yeah, she's pretty much just acting like a two-year-old. She's very talkative. Um, very smart, like crazy smart. I had no idea that two-year-olds knew so much or could express so much. Ellen emailed me last month. She said she had stuff she wanted to tell me. 
Indeed, and I guess the theme of this whole story, yeah. I've got news. <laughs> we have more news. Tim and I are pregnant with our second child. Congratulations. Thank you. It's very exciting. This one was kind of planned. So, How far along are you? 13 weeks tomorrow. So through the first trimester, which is exciting. <laughs> wow. So, so it was planned. Yeah, um, sort of. Uh, I had an implant, a birth control implant in my arm, not... Um, not Marina or an IUD, but a um, but actually an implant that is just subdermal under the skin of your upper arm, uh, called Nexplanon. So you actually have to go get that removed at a doctor's office. So it was kind of had to be premeditated. <laughs> um, oh, so you had you had that birth control put in after Fiona was born. The day she was the born. The day she was yeah. born. With this one, we were we made the decision for me to take the birth control out. I liked being close in age to my sister. We're a little less than two years apart. Um, so we were getting, at least I was, Tim doesn't have any siblings, but um, I was kind of getting to the point where I was like, oh, I would really, I would think about another one at this point. I mean, if we want them to be somewhat close in age, now would be the time. And uh, Tim was totally on board with that. So we were thinking, you know, eh, if we're lucky, we'll get pregnant by the end of the summer and it'll be pretty much exactly three years apart. And that's exactly what happened. And you, um, you've talked about having more than one accidental pregnancy in this series. How, how many have you had? This would be my fourth overall. But you, so you had, you had three accidental pregnancies? Correct, before yes. This, before this intentional one. Yes. <laughs> I was a little confused when Ellen said she'd had three accidental pregnancies. I was sitting here doing the math in my head. So Fiona was one. Then in my first interview with her, she talked about having an abortion while she was in college. That was two. That experience is partly what motivated her to keep Fiona. It turns out there was actually another termination, a third pregnancy that we hadn't talked about. Um, yeah, I didn't divulge before. I didn't know how much you wanted to get into that or not. I wasn't quite as comfortable talking about it. I wasn't as far away <laughs> from those those pregnancies. But uh, the second one was just about a year after the first one. So I, it was sophomore year of college, junior year of college, senior year of college were how those three went. Ellen says all three of those pregnancies were due to pill failure. She admits to taking some liberties with the pill, like not taking it at the exact same time every day. But that's something that pretty much everyone on the pill does now and then. Ellen just happens to be in that small percentage of people who gets pregnant taking that kind of liberty. It was a lot tougher on me mentally the second time around. Um, like, I just didn't want to go through that again. Yeah. And, and so this was your first time out of the four getting pregnant on purpose. What was that like? I cannot tell you how awesome it was to be happy about seeing a positive pregnancy test. Like, the, the best feeling in the world. It yeah, it was awesome. We found out coming back from a family vacation in West Virginia, actually, um, Tim actually called it. Tim was like, I think that you're pregnant. And I had been hoping the month before and we had not popped positive on the test. So I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't, I don't think so. You know, I, we got to wait at least three months and blah, blah, blah. Tim's like, no, I just have this feeling like I think you're pregnant. And so I said, okay, well, let's just stop and get a pregnancy test. So we did. They stopped at a gas station convenience store called Sheets. I decided to take the pregnancy test in the Sheets bathroom, <laughs> and I capped it, and I didn't look at it, and I brought it back out to the car to cook, <laughs> you know, in the car. you got to give it like three or five minutes or whatever. 
And I told myself I'm not going to look at it until we're back on the road. But I just had to. I had to flip it over and look at it. And it was positive. And so Tim had just walked back out with Fiona in his arms and some hoagies or something like that. And um, I said, come here, come here. And I just gestured wildly at him to come around the side of the building to the small grassy area. And of course, he's all expectant because like, what else could it be? He knew I was taking the pregnancy test. And so I just like handed it over mm-hmm. to him and he starts crying and I start sobbing. And oh. Fiona is standing on the ground looking from one of us to the next one and just going, mommy, daddy, why are you so sad? Mommy, daddy. And we were just like, no, no, these are happy tears. And, you know, we said, you're going to have a little brother, sister. And um, so, yeah, it's cool. She actually has sort of a comprehension of, of what's going on. And if you ask her where the baby is, she'll point to my belly and pat it. And she, she'll give the baby kisses. <laughs> what was it like telling your parents? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, especially because this is our second child, now that I've seen how much fun a grandchild has been for my parents. They both just love being grandparents. I was just excited to tell them about another one. Like, oh, we've got another one coming. (laughs) Of course, there had been drama in the past. They know all about, you know, all four, I suppose, pregnancies. Um, They knew about the terminations and everything like that. So just on a very, like, superficial level, it was exciting to tell them happy news like and that I was actually excited about this instead of just being overwhelmed or you know taken aback or whatever because it sounds it sounds like it's been a lot of drama for many years over these pregnancies in your family yeah um I mean the you know the terminations I just went out and did and told my parents about it later um so I think for me, it was dramatic telling them, but it was already done. So it was just like, okay, this is what I've done. Um, the second one especially was kind of, I, I feared, you know, judgment or reprisal or whatever. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was so mixed up at that time about my feelings about it. Um, but um, I think I think that for them, it's been from what my dad and mom have told me, more just like concerned, you know, I hope everything's okay with Ellen. I hope everything will continue to work out. Um, so yeah, maybe that's another reason it was so exciting to tell them was that it was like, this was pseudo planned and, you know, I, I have my crap together. I swear. <laughs> Coming up after the break, the most dramatic use of dresser drawers I've ever heard. Don't go away. Hey, New Yorkers, this is your last call for tickets to our live sex advice show at The Green Space. We're doing this on Tuesday, October 6th, in partnership with Modern Mia. They're a great website that features stories about mothers of color and career. Find tickets to The Parent's Guide to Doing It live at longestshortesttime.com under events. And if you don't live in the New York area, you can still be a part of this. Just submit your questions. If you have an iPhone, use our Longest Shortest Time app and click Talk. Or record a voice memo with your first name and your question and email it to hello at longestshortesttime.com with the subject, advice. We're back with Ellen Ketchkamethi. You didn't plan on becoming a mom at 21, um... 
what was the impact of dropping out of college for you? Um, I was mostly pissed that my parents and I had paid so much money and taken out so many loans for me to go to a school that I likely wasn't going to get a degree from. Um, I knew I was going to finish. I love school. I always have. I loved being at a tiny liberal arts college. I loved my classes there. Um, like I said, I think the thing that pissed me off the most is that now I'm saddled with so much debt for the name of a school that I won't have a degree from. So that's kind of annoying. <laughs> but um, I never really felt like a like a dropout or anything like that because I've always loved school and I knew I would finish regardless. What's been the hardest thing about becoming a mom at the time that you did? Um, I think probably the hardest thing is not really feeling like I have any peers that are moms. Um, they're usually older than me. Most moms are older than I am. And now that Fiona is older, I more understand that your child's age is more <laughs> what draws you together as parents, uh, more so than your age. I was really sensitive about the fact that I was young and like, I didn't know how I'd be seen in mommy play groups or something like that. And, you know, once I started going to play groups or library story time or interacting with more, more parents with kids, Fiona's age, the less and less I cared about being young. Um, the other hard thing was that I, I wasn't done school. That's been kind of tough that I think those have been the two hardest things for me. So what's the best thing about having a child when you did? Oh my gosh, Tim and I talk all the time about how awesome it's going to be to be empty nesters like in our 40s. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be so great that we're going to get the kids out of the house and they'll be gone and we're still going to be young. When and they, that's what your dad thought and then he became a grandpa. Yeah, right. I know. I know. <laughs> but we really do look forward to like the time when our kids have grown and we can like just be the two of us again. Um and I don't know, it's just kind of, it's kind of fun to be younger. Like I said, we know that this will, it'll, it, not to be talking about it'll end faster for us or anything, but like we still, I don't feel like I've lost any of my youth to being a young mom. I don't think that, I, I have no regrets about like not doing more with my 20s or not traveling around or, um, you know, experiencing more or anything like that. Because I just get to do all that with Tim and Fiona and new baby now. And that's really cool to me. I, I get to share that with people that I love and people that I cr helped create. And, um, you know, we'll get our time to be alone again. How's it going with the game of being awesome at being adult? <laughs> we are still rocking it. Um, Does it still feel like a game? Uh, yeah, because we don't know what we're doing. Whatever. We have, still have no clue. I mean, I it's cool to be to be pregnant again because I realize that there are a lot of things that I'm just not stressing about in the same way that I was with Fiona that have nothing really to do with our circumstances or um, how the first pregnancy came about or anything like that. Um, like, I know what kind of diapers I want to put this new baby in. Um, I know how breastfeeding goes. Like, I can't wait to breastfeed this next child. And I felt just sort of curious and apprehensive before about it. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, man, get to, like, make food out of my boobs again. This is going to be great. <laughs> well, um, you um, told me about the news with the new baby, but I understand there's even more news. 
Uh oh. Between you and between you and Tim. Oh yes, yes, we did get engaged. Oh yeah, that. That's very <laughs> exciting. Um, did he propose? He uh, he did. Yeah, yeah, but in a very casual way. I actually made very clear to him at some point that I had no interest in any sort of public grand gesture of an engagement or a proposal rather like a flash mob type thing or anything like that. I have no interest in that. Like I, I at all. Um, Cause had you guys been talking about getting married? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, Tim's first reaction when we found out we were pregnant with Fiona was like, I'm putting a ring on it. And I was like, wait, hold on there. <laughs> Tiger, just calm down. And we have like other fish to fry before we think about that. Even though they'd been talking about getting married and there was no flash mob, Ellen says the proposal was still a total surprise. We were both in our bedroom and he just got this super excited look on his face. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Ellen had just come home from class. She was digging around in her dresser so she could change her clothes. Tim stopped her, reached into one of the dresser drawers. He pulled out a ring. It had a ribbon tied around it with tiny words written in Sharpie. They said, will you marry me? And I read what it said and I looked up at him and I was like, are you serious? And he just said, yeah, you know, will you marry me? And so I said, yes. And I think like tackled him on the bed super excitedly. And then, then Tim walked across the room to their other dresser, his dresser, and he pulled out another ring. Turned out he'd inherited two, one from his great grandmother and one from his great great grandmother. I didn't even comprehend that second ring when it came. I was like, I'm, I'm just so overwhelmed right now. I don't even know what to do. So I guess it's official. Tim and Ellen are getting married. Ten seven seventeen is the tentative date. I like that ten plus seven equals seventeen. We both wanted a, a fall wedding. A nice mathematical date. <laughs> which my father immediately made fun of us for. He's like, what are you doing? It is like two years away, two and a half years away. Um, if it were up to me, we'd just like peace out to Aruba and not... <laughs> And just elope. Um, but Tim is actually the one who wants like a wedding. He's like, no, don't you want to share this with our family and friends? I'm like, your kids will be there. Ellen. Really? <laughs> yeah. But, but see, here's the thing. Marriage, especially if you have the way that I see it, um, marriage and the actual like act of getting married is the one thing that like Tim and I have left. That's like just for us. Like us, the reasons that I want to marry Tim have nothing to do with the fact that we have children or the fact that we have a daughter together or we'll be having another one by that time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's this kind of cool thing that the two of us are going to be able to share together and everything that we've done in our relationship sometimes, it seems, have been to better our family or better things for Fiona or pave the way so that she can be successful. And this is something that we, we too just get to share. And I like that a lot. Uh, what is Tim's relationship like with your dad from your point of view? Oh, I think that they have a really cool relationship. Um, I think that, I think that Tim likes my dad a lot. Um, and I think a fair amount of what we do as parents, certainly I, because I was raised by my parents, but starting to be Tim too, as, as try to emulate some of the things that my parents do. So I think his relationship with my dad is, is, is good. I know my dad will hear this and Tim will hear this. So I I mean, I don't want (laughs) to, I checked in with your dad, (laughs) um, a couple months ago and he was like, 
I don't know if I'm ready to call it love, but I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's I think it's pretty much the same with Tim. I think that now there's going to be a second child in the mix and everything. Of course, that just intensifies everything for everyone. Um, but yeah, I think that they've, like my dad said when um, he took Tim out on that walk, when we first told him that they were, we were pregnant, I think he's been reserving himself, you know, rightfully so. This walk that Ellen's talking about, you may remember it from an older episode in this series. I'll just let Tom, Ellen's dad, tell you about it because he describes it way better than I could. Here he is talking about the night he found out Ellen was pregnant and she was keeping the baby. And it was two o'clock in the morning and and we were saying goodnight and and Tim said something again that kind of set me off. And um and I said, Let's let's go downstairs and take a little walk and you know, turn off some lights or something. So we left everybody else upstairs and we went downstairs and I said to Tim, you know, look, um if you're a father of a couple of teenage daughters like me who are reasonably bright and decent young people. And, um, you see guys come through your house, you know, you just, and it's all very amusing the first time it happens and the first boyfriend who comes through and, and you are interested. And then after a few years and two daughters and a bunch of boyfriends, it just, you know, you lose interest because you only have so much energy for so many things and your energy needs to stay where it needs to stay, which is on your kids. So you don't give a shit about the boys, the rotating cast of characters who comes through your door. You're nice, you're cordial, but you really don't give a shit. So up until right now, I said to him, I haven't given a shit about you. Um, I really haven't. It's not like I've, it's not like I've wished you ill or anything, but I really haven't cared one way or another. Now I do. That was Ellen's dad almost three years ago. Exactly. So, so maybe we're moving out of, I have to give a shit arranged into, oh, I I actually give a shit about this one. (laughs) So yeah, maybe that's the most recent development. Ellen's baby is due in March, but before that even happens, she's going to be getting her bachelor's degree from Penn State this December. Her next plan is to go to grad school to prepare for a career in museum exhibition design. Here at The Longest Shortest Time, we know that accidental pregnancies can have all kinds of outcomes. We want to hear about your stories of accidental pregnancy. Maybe you were an accident yourself. Please use our website as a place to talk about it. Go to LongestShortestTime.com and leave your comment on this episode. That's episode 67. Also, if you haven't done this already, please do this. Subscribe to our show in iTunes, even if that's not how you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, rate us and write us a review. This stuff really, really helps us. It helps us to climb the iTunes charts, and it makes it easier for other people to find our show. This podcast is a production of The Longest Shortest Time and WNYC. The show is produced by me, Hilary Frank, and Joanna Solitaroff. Bill Moss mixed the show. Our theme music is by The Batteries Duo. Special thanks to Paula Schumann and Peter Clowney. I'll be back with a new episode in two weeks at 3 o'clock in the morning. 
But if you are not a night owl, don't worry. You can hear the podcast at a reasonable time. Just subscribe to our newsletter. Go to our website, enter your email in the little box there, and I'll send you a secret link six hours earlier than the show gets posted. And I know that a lot of you Longest Shortest Time listeners have questions and concerns about your health. If you want to hear some dramatic stories about what's going on with our bodies, check out WNYC's new health podcast, Only Human. Find it at onlyhuman.org. And here at The Longest Shortest Time, many of our favorite stories come from you, our listeners. So pitch us. Tell us about your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your parents. Most of all, we love to hear things we've never heard before. So surprise us. Go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story.